I really love being an equine vet, but that doesn't mean that I'm blind to the challenges that we face or haven't experienced them myself. Um, and I feel really strongly that we need to make this job sustainable and fulfilling for everybody so that we can have long and happy careers. Welcome to another episode of Beaver Pod Life and today we have with us Helen Bickerton, one of our new council members from Valley Equine. Hi Helen. Hi Lucy, thanks for having me. No problem, lovely to have you. Um, So give us a little bit of a background about you and your career and what you're up to at the moment. Okay, so I'm Helen obviously. Um, I graduated from Bristol in 2008 and I pretty much always wanted to be a horse vet. I was one of those sort of slightly sad kids that just always love ponies and I never really grew out of it so um, I went to vet school sort of intending to be an equine vet and then actually I absolutely loved everything that I did at vet school Um, thought that I'd go into mixed practice probably and then in final year I kind of came back around full circle and I did an internship at NEH in Newmarket um, 2008 to 2010 so I my ambition really was just to be a an ambulatory first opinion vet but I was quite attracted to doing an internship just to get some skills under my belt get that support you know good learning opportunity um, which I absolutely was really really pleased that I did it and then after that I went to an ambulatory practice in North Essex um, called Catley Cross and I was there for three years and loved it it was a you know lovely place to work really great place to kind of cut my teeth you know start that learning curve of then being out on the on the road on my own um unfortunately my husband I then got married my husband was working in London his commute was um pretty tough from up there so then moved to South Bucks um or sort of Bucks Barks border which is actually close to where I grew up um and and worked at a practice there Chilton Equine for eight years um and again you know doing general first opinion work but I I'd fostered a bit of an interest in lameness and orthopedics and and that really started when I was at at vet school and then doing a a predominantly orthopedic internship obviously you know that continued so I did a certificate in equine orthopedic surgery because you you can now do a, a lameness designated certificate but you couldn't then so um, I picked that one, even though I'm definitely not a surgeon, um, and and sort of you know really enjoyed working there. Did quite a bit of sports horse work. Um, got into doing vettings, which I really enjoy. Um, and I was there when I had my first daughter, who's now nearly six. So navigated um, then the challenge of of trying to figure out how you work and look after a small child and what kind of balance works for you and and I was really really lucky that my boss was quite open-minded and she let me try a couple of different working patterns and kind of change my mind and try this and try that and until we found something that worked well um and then I left there in oh when was it what are we now 2023 so I, I left there um the beginning of 2022 um, for a few reasons mostly because we relocated as a as a family we moved a little bit further west um, and I now work at Valley Equine in Lambourne again um, 
I work part time, I work three days a week. um, And then I do a few extra hours, sort of flexibly from home, if you like, either to to do admin or to do other little bits of clinical work, if I if that suits, and I can fit that in um, during term time when the kids are at school. So I've now got a, a second daughter, she's three. Um, so I've got the two of them. And yeah, just, you know, life's pretty flat out, but <laughs> just keep keep going. Well, that's amazing. You've packed a load in. And uh, yeah, sounds like life is still pretty busy. I mean, the kids being that age is uh, pretty full on, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> um, but it sounds like Valley's been quite flexible as well then. And, and you've, you've absolutely a pattern that works, works for you, works for the kids, works for Yeah, home. absolutely. And, and and I was very lucky there that um, the, the clinical director in the practice when I joined, she was also pregnant. Um, so when she went on maternity leave, I kind of stepped into her shoes as a maternity cover, um, which was a nice way to experience what it was like, you know, trying to be a CD and also another new learning experience, which was great. Um, and she's now back and we, we share the role and we both work three days a week. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really trying to champion, I suppose, that you can still have a career and have children and, and find a, a balance that allows you to spend time with your kids, but also hopefully be fulfilled at work and, you know, be able to get yeah. into it. And what do you do for out of hours at your, well, for you and at, at, the, at your uh, clinic in general? Like how does the out of hours work? So we, we're on a one in four rotor, but we do have help from Equicool. Mm. Um, but our out of hours is a little bit different, I suppose, to a lot of primarily ambulatory practices in that we, as well as the ambulatory side, which is predominantly what I do, we also have a referral hospital. So out of hours, if cases are sent in, um, the ambulatory vet on call along with the intern is the first port of call. Um, and then, you know, we receive the horse and, and you know, then get the, the surgeon, whoever, you know, involved according to what's going on. And, and Equicool will do sort of... I suppose every other weekend we are on call both for ambulatory and for the hospital. And then every other weekend we'd have Equicool who would do the ambulatory side, but we'd still need to to be available for hospital things. So it's quite fun. It's quite a fun mix, actually. And I really enjoy having the hospital there and working with referral level clinicians. It's, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it keeps it varied as well, doesn't it? That's quite that's quite fun. Yeah, um, um, out of hours is tricky though with kids. I'd I'd say that's one of the biggest hurdles that you know I kind of had to navigate. Um, do you have any tips for people sort of struggling with that now? I think I think sometimes when you're in the midst of it and you're struggling, and this goes for anything actually, kind of life or careers wise, not not just relating to kids and out of hours, but I think sometimes it can be quite difficult to see the wood for the trees and see what you need to change to make it easier you kind of realize that you're struggling and you need to make some kind of change but but you can't quite see what that is so I'd say first of all just kind of take a step back and don't panic um it's it's not the first you know you're not the first person that this has happened to um speak to your boss speak to colleagues try and try and find a system that works I actually was incredibly lucky I came off the rotor altogether for a short period um, because my husband's work schedule just made it logistically extremely difficult um, to do out of hours and you know we 
just didn't have I think unless you've got a live-in nanny you know it's just really difficult to have round-the-clock childcare um and I, I am now back on the route actually because I kind of kind of missed it um, <laughs> which I never thought I would say um but but yeah I, I I'm all for I think you know when when things are difficult just making a change even if it's just in the short term just to get over that hurdle yeah, yeah. and that, that's a very much an ongoing theme with people that are managing these these juggles in life is 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 that sort of you don't nail a solution that's long term the solution is having to change depending on the circumstances well, isn't it changes it? all the time yeah exactly yeah. The goalposts change, I suppose you could say, couldn't you? Um, yeah. So, what what made you want to apply for Beaver Council? Obviously, you came on to council this September. So, what, yeah. what made you want to apply for that? Um, a, a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, I'm always looking for a way to make life more difficult for myself, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it would be a fun and interesting challenge, which which it is. Um, I was actually inspired to do it. But I think some of the listeners probably saw it. Um, Dave Rendell made a video which went out in the Beaver E News, encouraging people to, you know, stand for council. And he said something along the lines of, you know, if you think you're too normal or not experienced enough or not clever enough or, you know, whatever, you're the kind of person we're looking for. We want council members who are representative. And I thought, hold on a minute. I, I think I'm pretty representative. I work in first opinion practice I'm female I've got kids uh, you know I I know a lot of people who are like me who are equine vets um and I also care an awful lot about the equine veterinary profession I feel like it's a huge part of my life being a horse vet's a huge part of my identity and it is facing challenges I think um you know retention is a massive one I think sort of public perception of us to a degree is another um I think there are people who aren't you know sort of that happy at work and I really would like to try and make a positive impact I I love being an equine vet but um that doesn't mean that I'm blind to the challenges and the difficulties so yeah that's why basically in a nutshell yeah, that's really that's really inspiring, and it is great to hear that you know you've you've you're willing to talk about the challenges and help people think of solutions for themselves because that's actually the the way this has to work, isn't it? You know, there isn't a solution for everybody or for the profession as a whole. It's it's about trying to work together and understand each other's needs, isn't it? And working oh, on an individual basis. Um, yeah. So what, which committees do you sit on in council? I'm on ethics and welfare and careers. And do you, do you sit on any of the, the sort of smaller groups, isn't there, working groups? And, yes, so, and, yeah, so I'm on the women's working group, which is sort of a bit of an offshoot of careers, and also um, EDI, which I haven't sort of been that involved with yet, but we've got our first meeting tomorrow, so excited. Excellent, yeah. <laughs> and, and are you finding it's quite time-consuming? Or so I know it's early days, I suppose, but are you, you're, you're managing to fit it in with everything else? Yeah, early days. So far, so far I'm managing. I suppose, you know, I, if I want to, I want to make sure that I make a meaningful contribution. So that is going to mean putting in some time. Um, and I'm sure at some points that will be challenging, but um, we'll see how it goes. And yeah, so far, so good. Good, good. And, and any of the projects, so you've already mentioned retention, and that's obviously a big thing that the Beaver's been trying to work on. And the Careers Committee that you sit on is 
always mm. discussing retention and recruitment. Um, do you have any kind of, as I just said, there's no single solution, but do you have any kind of hopes that you'd like to see happen and emerge out of the work that gets done done with those committees and, and with, with the council in general? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the careers committee is doing loads of brilliant stuff already. So, for example, there's the leg up scheme for younger members of the profession. And I think that's great. Um, and there's there's work then on the the back in the saddle scheme, which is going to be you know sort of sim- similar for vets who have taken a career break. Um, I'm I would really like to try and focus on vets who are a little bit further into their careers. So you know maybe um, at the time that they're they're starting families and trying to navigate those challenges, but also after they've gone back to work after that and they've you know, hopefully got over some of those hurdles and and they're back in the swing of things. But, you know, none of us are are going to earn enough money that we're going to retire early, are we? That, you know, they're potentially looking at another 20, 30 years of work um, and then, you know, looking at what the career options are for them to keep them stimulated, keep them fulfilled, keep them excited because doing the same job for 20 or 30 years is, bit boring for anybody isn't it so you know I, I think we I'd really like to to try and look at ways to you know to keep people excited about the job and and keep them stimulated essentially and and I don't know what those answers are um and I think as you said earlier I think they're going to be different for everybody but um you know I'd, I'd like to be involved in trying to figure them out yeah, yeah. sure and, and if nothing else sharing each other's experiences can be really um, stimulating and insightful can't it for, for the individual yeah. you know you, you pick up a lot off people you speak to and you think oh they've done that that's interesting or, you know maybe maybe I could do that and that's the that's the inspiration that we're trying to spread isn't it really yeah you so you did a certificate and um you enlightened me actually in our little pre-podcast chat about this and and, and the advanced uh, practitioner status could you talk to us just a bit about that because there may be people out there looking to do certificates or you know, wanting to find that other source of stimulus in, at some point in their career. Could you give us your experiences? Yeah, of course. So I started my certificate in, I guess it would have been about 2012. So I was four years graduated, I think, at that point. Um, and I'd been, you know, you have so many learning curves, don't you, in the early years? And it is quite tough, actually, you know, kind of just maintaining that momentum and um, obviously I graduated then I did my internship got through that went into first opinion practice another steep learning curve and then I felt like I was starting to plateau a little bit and, and feel a bit more comfortable and I wasn't really ready yet to be to be feeling comfortable so doing the certificate then for me was great because it gave me that impetus to keep learning um, and I, I really enjoyed it actually and I felt a lot of kind of self-satisfaction when I when I got it at the end so I got it in 2015 um, and I then got my advanced practitioner status um, which actually I have to admit I then let slide for a couple of reasons I, I felt a bit like I wasn't sure what the point of it was other than sort of you know personal pride that you know I, I had this AVP um, I didn't feel like clients really knew what it was or cared that I had it. The CPD requirements are quite a lot greater than um, otherwise. So instead of the 35 hours a year, I think it was 50. um, And a certain proportion of that had to be 
um, you know, in the, in the relevant subject area, so equine orthopedics. Um, and I, I couldn't keep up with it, particularly when I was on maternity leave. And in retrospect, I, I probably, I probably could have paused it or, you know, kind of got some sort of exemption from the RCVS. But at the time, it didn't really occur to me that that was a possibility. Um, so I just thought, oh, you know, whatever, and 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 I just let it go. So. And do I think my life or job or work would be any different now if I still had it? In all honesty, probably not. Um, Mm. I'm pleased that I did the certificate because, as I say, at the time, you know, I found it really interesting and rewarding. Now, several years down the line, I feel like I've probably forgotten quite a lot of the things that I learned. Um, Has it made a difference to my career? I don't know. Maybe it has. I mean, you know, I've got nothing to compare it to. Um, but I, you know, when I sort of think now, you know, I'm, I'm now in the situation where I've, I've, I've got two children, I'm, I'm back at work, I'm, I'm now looking at the rest of my career, um, thinking, what am I going to do next? Um, and, you know, it did occur to me, perhaps I should do another certificate. And I have to admit that it, it doesn't look that appealing to me mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think maybe we sort of need more something else for for the the older more experienced vets to yeah, keep, us, exactly. keep us moving forward get their get teeth, teeth into yeah. yeah and the rcvs are looking into these things aren't they and yeah which is really interesting actually yeah we'll see yeah. what emerges well i mean yeah thank you for talking you've, you've given us a really nice insight into your background and career path which i think is probably helps people not only relate to people that come onto council but also give them some ideas about their own career paths and and I think it's always fascinating to know what individuals do do themselves (laughs) Um, we look forward to your time on council so you've got three years with us at least if not re-elect another three so plenty of time to contribute and um and your your input is so valued and we're really grateful that you came on board I think you're gonna be a fabulous representative for the the profession so thanks again I'm really excited (laughs) and uh, we'll see you next time I'm sure you'll be back on for another podcast you'll have some projects you'll be talking about to us in no time (laughs) take care thanks Helen thanks